Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 283. It goes without saying that if you're listening to a podcast about Royal Caribbean cruises, you probably are very interested in going on a cruise. As much as we all dream about all the different itinerary and cabin combinations out there, the reality is we all have to adhere to what our vacation budget can spare. Sometimes that budget gets really tight. And so this week, we're sharing our best tips for cruising on the slimmest of budgets possible. Here we go. Whether you cruise once a year, once in a lifetime, or multiple times in the year, almost certainly you've got some kind of a budget to work with. And depending on your budget, you may be limited in terms of what your choices are. And, you know, going on a Royal Caribbean cruise doesn't need to break the bank. Far from it. And there are ways to actually enjoy, I would argue, multiple Royal Caribbean cruises for not a lot of money, but it does require some tips, strategies, and most importantly, some flexibility. This week's podcast episode actually came to us as a suggestion from one of our listeners, Jeanette, who writes, Hey, Matt, taking a long drive through West Texas and getting my husband caught up on some podcasts. Just heard you mention that you need some more emails, and while this one may not be reading on the podcast, it did remind me to send it in. Every time I listen to a podcast, I always think Matt should do a show about cruising on a tight budget. My husband and I work with and know a lot of people who struggle to have any kind of family vacation, and the one thing we hear more than anything else when we start talking about cruises is, quote, we can't afford to do something like that. So inevitably, we're always selling cruises on their value as a family vacation. And we end up sharing all the ways this can actually be more most affordable vacation for a family. We nix any talk, especially dining, internet, or drink packages, and spend our time talking about kids sale free, all the included food choices, all the lovely amenities that aren't available on land, like reminding moms there's a kids club and they're not doing any cooking or cleaning for the week. Granted, we live in El Paso, Texas, and the nearest city to us is five hours away. We're quite in the middle of nowhere, so just getting out of the city is always expensive, in either time or money, so that plays a role in why people feel they can't travel. But people tend to be surprised when we tell them that we've cruised with our two kids always for seven nights, and we've never paid more than about $2,500, gratuities and travel included. I've encouraged people to look into cruising, and they come back to me feeling dismayed because they're nickel and diming everything. But because they've never cruised, they don't understand yet that those are extras. Yes, special dining is great, but you can have an amazing experience on board and never pay one extra penny for food. Or they look into the cost of suites or balconies and just feel their price too high, and we spend time selling them on the beauty of an interior room and tricks we've used to make four people in an interior manageable. Anyway, I think it'd be a great podcast to teach, especially new cruisers, about the bargain basement ways to still enjoy a cruise experience. Coming from a lady who's cruised 10 times and never paid more than $2,500 total for the cruise, I know it can be done, but I think most newbies don't know that. Anyway, just a thought uh, I've had for ages now, and since your inbox is lonely, thought it'd be a good idea to share. Thanks for all you do. Jeanette, this is a wonderful idea. I love this. And of course, you can always email me your podcast idea suggestions by sending them to Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcreamblog.com. And Jeanette is absolutely right. There is a huge value proposition when it comes to cruising. Even today, in 2018, the value of cruising has never been more apparent, especially when you look at everything that is included in your cruise fare. And I think quite often it does get over it does get overlooked. I think when you're looking at cruises, and Jeanette brought this up in some of her examples, is people start to look towards the shiny things. It's it's unavoidable, quite frankly. I don't blame people for doing this, by the way. I mean, if you look at a Royal Caribbean commercial, what are you going to see? You're going to see these awesome activities and excursions, and of course, you think about drinking and the sweets, and it's just inevitable. You you your mind wanders in that direction when it comes to you know everything that's um 
that, that looks pretty cool. Inevitably, some of it is included and some of it is not included, but there is still a lot included. And the notion that you don't have to pay an extra penny on top of your cruise fare is absolutely true. Is it practical? I think oftentimes people start to splurge a little bit. It is their vacation. I mean, this isn't like going to visit grandma and you're like looking at your watch like, all right, we've got 45 more minutes and then we're hitting the road. <laughs> You've got that option to always consider that. And I do agree that the idea of nickel and diming is not correct. It's not like you're going on board the ship and then everything costs extra. It's more of an option for you to either indulge in certain things or not. Because if they say, okay, well, alcohol is included in your cruise fare. Well, that's great. Guess what? You're paying for it in your cruise fare, whether you drink or not. And there's, I'm sure, a lot of people who don't drink that much or at all. And why should they pay for something they don't use? That's really where that comes from. But let's talk about what's included because there's a lot. I mean, you have your – basically, you can eat for the entire duration of your cruise. You've got complimentary food every day in the main dining room, in the Windjammer Buffet. You've got grab-and-go food spots for food such as like Cafe Promenade, Cafe Latitudes, Sorrento's Pizza, Boardwalk Doghouse, Park Cafe. Uh, Johnny Rockets is complimentary on Oasis class ships for breakfast only, so you've got that as well. And, you know, you've got some choices over there. Now, in addition, there's also things that are obviously that cost extra for food, but there is plenty of great dining options that are included in your cruise fare. Likewise, when it comes to drinks, you'll be able to enjoy unlimited tap water, milk, tea, regular coffee or decaf coffee, lemonade, iced tea, flavored waters, juices at breakfast, and hot chocolate via instant packets. So you've got a lot to, to choose that's included in your cruise fare when it comes to that in terms of you know what you can eat and drink. Certainly activities on board. Almost all the show's entertainment is included in your cruise. You've got Adventure Ocean. So there's a lot of, of things talking about that come included in your cruise. You've got the Flow Rider, a zip line. The rock climbing wall. These are all activities, by the way, included in your cruise fare. But really, that's a secondary talk when we talk about cruising on a budget, because that's the that's that's the discussion you have with somebody when you want to throw you know you, when you really want to uh, get it over the goal line. There's the sports metaphor of the day. So really, what you're talking about is how do you get a really good deal on a cruise? Or how do you get the lowest possible price? And that's really what it is. So first of all, you have to come up with your budget. What are you really looking to spend? For your cruise, you're not mentioned twenty five hundred dollars, which, by the way, is a great price, you know, for a seven night cruise family of four. And there are ways to bring those prices down throughout the year. And I mentioned at the top of the episode flexibility, and that's really going to be the name of the game here when we talk about planning your cruise vacation, especially on a budget. Is look, you're not going to have a total choice of, of the gamut of options out there. You're going to start limiting yourself pretty quickly. Not that it's a big problem. Not like I'm telling you you're going to pick between two sailings, but again, depending on your budget you may or may not have more choices available to you. First and foremost, time of year. When are you actually going to go on your cruise? Generally speaking, the more people that are looking to vacation, the higher the prices. So as an example, Christmas week, New Year's Eve. That's like everybody has time off that, that, that those couple weeks of the year, right? So as And schools are out. And so it's a natural time for families to say, oh, let's go on a vacation because we have all this built-in time out. Kids are out of school. My work's giving me a couple days off. It's perfect timing. So those times you're, yes, you've solved that problem, but you've inherited the biggest problem, which is that because there's so much more demand, you're going to pay a lot more for it. But if you happen to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise during a slower time of the year in which perhaps school is in session or it's not over a holiday, you may find more options and better pricing, quite frankly. So the best months for the lowest fares include basically the month of January, except for the New Year's week, uh, February, except for President's week, first two weeks of March. October, the first two weeks of November, and the first two weeks of December. These are times of year in which you'll find usually lower pricing. And if you can go on a cruise during this time of year, you'll have a lot more choices. Now, it's not to say you can't go on a cruise over Christmas week and not get a deal, 
but keep that in mind. Now, the other strategy I always recommend to everybody, no matter when you're cruising, is book your cruise as early as you can. If you can book your cruise 12, 18, 24 months ahead of time, that's going to allow you not only to get a lower price because prices tend to go up over time, especially as the cruise ships start to get booked up, but it also gives you the flexibility of making payments. And I don't know about you guys, but my cruising budget can be substantially larger if I'm willing to make monthly payments rather than looking at it. Let's use Jeanette's example, $2,500, right? That's the, that's the price she gave. I, I'm not. I'm going to assume that she's not actually paying $2,500 at once, like, you know, there's a $2,500 bill on her credit card. Rather, if you book it 12 or 18 months ahead of time, what you can do through your travel agent, or you can call Royal Caribbean if you book them directly as well, you can make payments. You can send, here's 100 bucks, here's $200, here's 50 bucks. But you have all the way up until your final payment date, which is about 90 days before you're sailing, to bring that number down considerably. And that really gives you, I feel, a lot more flexibility regardless. If you're saying, look, Matt, I can only go during a holiday or when school's out. I'm a teacher. I don't know if I'm like kids out of school. There's a variety of reasons why that may be the case. That's okay too. But the earlier you book, the better your price is going to be long-term. And also you're going to have that opportunity to to you know pay it down over time. In addition, if you're a resident of the United States, Canada, or Australia, and a couple other countries as well, you have the option also of being able to reprice your cruise if there's a price drop. So you book your cruise, let's say, like I said, 18 months ahead of time. Good job. I'm giving you a big thumbs up on that one, right? But four months later, there's a deal. There's a kid sale free deal like Jeanette was mentioning. Well, I would love to take advantage of that. So you go to the Royal Caribbean website, look at it and go, oh, look at that. It would be actually $200 cheaper now if we were to book under this deal. If you're before final payment date, you can take advantage of that. You can actually rebook for the lower price. Now, keep in mind when you rebook, and we talked about this on other podcasts, but if you rebook your cruise, your fare may go down, but you'll lose whatever booking promotions you had at the beginning. So like, let's say when you first made your reservation, you got $100 on board credit. But the with this new price promotion, you're going to save $200 in your cruise fare. Well, it's a net gain of $100, right? Because you lost $100 on board credit, but you gain $200 off total price. You're still up $100. Just keep those things in mind when you're rebooking. And certainly a good travel agent will be able to help you with there. So we talk about time of year. We also talked about where you want to go. Just like the time of year, where you want to go will factor into the prices. Summer in the Med, summer in Alaska, winter in the Caribbean are all great examples of high season demand. And of course, that'll lead to well, higher prices. But if you can look at different months of the year, you can swing a much better rate. And if you go during shoulder seasons or off seasons, you'll find actually a lot better pricing a lot of times. This example, summer in the Caribbean. Summertime in the Caribbean is actually the off season because it's it's always hot down there. But in the summer, it's really hot. And people are more looking for that winter escape. That's when winter is the prime season. As an exa- uh, Also, if you can go to Alaska in the months of you know, May, early June, November, October, you're going to find much better pricing because these are the times in which it's coldest in Alaska and there's people are generally in school. You have, you have less demand for those times of year. So rather than going to Rome in the middle of summer, maybe you can squeeze it in on the first or last sailing of the season. So that way, again, you can get those lower prices. So looking at different months really does make a difference. And also we're talking about cruise fare and something I've already talked about, but I need to take some time to talk about it even more in depth is use a travel agent. A travel agent is a wealth of information. A good travel agent is in your corner to help you find the best possible price, not only on the cruise you're looking for, but other sailings. They may know about other particular deals that are out there. I mean, let's face it, they're not just booking you. They're booking other clients as well. There's different promotions going on. They may have just booked somebody and said, oh, by the way, I just booked this other family and they're going on the sailing. Or maybe their agency 
is running a promotion or has a group rate on a particular sailing, a travel agent is one of the biggest tips I can give to anybody to use when booking a cruise, especially on a budget. First of all, travel agents cost you nothing extra. Royal Caribbean pays them a commission, so they should be charging you absolutely nothing extra for their services. And they can really help with figuring out which discounts and booking incentives will benefit you the most. And, of course, assisting you with any new promotions that come out that can apply to your booking. Because, of course, you know when you first book a cruise, there's a fair amount of work that goes into that. But, you know again, we talked about being able to reprice cruises that's when a travel agent really, really helps in terms of being able to take advantage of that. I would also add, if you're looking for a, a better price on your cruise, look at other cruise ports. When I say other, I mean not as in-demand ports. Royal Caribbean sells from a lot of different ports around the world, but certain ports command a higher price than other ports. As an example, if your cruise goes out of Miami or Fort Lauderdale or Port Canaveral, you're probably paying more for your cruise fare than if you look at cruises that go out of ports like Galveston, San Juan, Puerto Rico, or even Baltimore. And why is that? Well, these ports are a little harder to get to, especially San Juan. San Juan, you'll find oftentimes really low deals because you have to fly there. Everybody has, almost everybody has to fly there unless you live in Puerto Rico. So there's that cost that's building into it. By the same token, ports like Galveston and Baltimore are less popular spots. And they also tend to have a little bit, well, Baltimore definitely has an older ship, Grandeur of the Seas. Galveston used to that be the case, but they've been upgrading their game quite a bit over the last couple of years. So that may not be the case, but you're not getting, you know, when all these ports we're talking about, San Juan, Baltimore, uh, Galveston, you're not getting the latest, newest ship in the fleet. You're not even getting the second newest ship in the fleet. You know, you're talking about somewhat older ships. And older ships are not a problem, by the way. I love sailing on ships that have been around for a little bit. You know, the Radiance class, the Freedom class, the Voyager class. That is where the sweet spot of value is right there, especially that Freedom and Voyager class offerings. I mean, they're just tremendous choices for you. So again, look at other ports. Now, you may say, you know, if you live in South Carolina, you know, you have some some choices to you, but going to Galveston may find some great deals. As an example, I remember I flew to Galveston for a Navigator of the Seas cruise, and people looked at me like, you flew from, I was living in New York at the time, and they were like, you flew from New York over here? Yeah, I mean, almost everybody's from Texas or Oklahoma, but that being said, you know, it doesn't matter, but look at these other ports. You will oftentimes find very similar itineraries for lower prices. Classic example, Baltimore. So if you live in, you know, if you look at cruises between out of Baltimore or Cape Liberty in Bayonne, New Jersey, where Anthem of the Sea sails out of the New York City area, you'll find a tremendous swing in prices between Baltimore and the New York area, even though they both do essentially very similar itineraries. In fact, a lot of times, Grandeur does superior itineraries to what the ships out of New York can do. And Again, you'll also see a significant price uh, difference because, of course, uh, Grandeur is an older, smaller ship. Whereas on when you go on a ship out of uh, Cape Liberty, maybe you're talking about Anthem of the Seas. Maybe you're talking about Oasis of the Seas in 2020. Perhaps you're talking about Adventure of the Seas. These are newer ships that offer more, and so they command a higher price. And that really talks to, again, the ship class in general. The newer the ship, the higher the price is going to be. So that sweet spot really is some of the bigger ships that are still out there but they're not necessarily the newest ship by any means. And again, the Freedom class, the Voyager class, the Radiance class, all wonderful options. And you can find some really, really good pricing on some of those uh, ex- pre-existing ships. Um, veteran Royal Caribbean ships. I don't want to use the word old because old infers like, oh, they're not good or they're decrepit or falling apart. Far from it. Royal Caribbean takes very, very good care of them. I wouldn't hesitate to recommend any of these ships in the fleet. But, you know, it's important to understand that the king, this is a great way to lower that price. I would often say, 
you know, if, if you're really looking to get the lowest price, look at the older ships in the fleet and look at these other alternative cruise ports. You're oftentimes going to find some really good value from those particular sailings. Now, we talked about getting to the or booking the cruise fare and all that kind of stuff that goes into that. Those are the basics. Beyond that, you're really talking about some tertiary ways to kind of save money on a cruise. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, those are kind of like they're 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 less of the low hanging fruit, so to speak. But, of course, once on board the cruise or after you booked your cruise, there are still ways, again, to bring that cost down. Now, um, in our in our email that we talked about, Jeanette mentioned, you know, not buying the drink package or doing these other things. And that's true. Yes, you can absolutely go on the cruise, never spend another dime, and be perfectly fine with it. I don't know how realistic it is. I think people are going to drink. But Jeanette is absolutely right. But there are ways to bring the cost down and keep that budget in line. Number one way, specialty dining. And Jeanette mentioned skipping specialty dining, which you absolutely can do. But... If you are interested in specialty dining, the way to save money on that is by booking a restaurant specialty dining package. Royal Caribbean offers regularly these days dining packages in which you can uh, buy a dining package for three, four, five, even unlimited, or every night of your cruise, I should say, in, in the form of the ultimate dining package, where basically these dining packages allow you to pay a substantially less amount of money for multiple dinner reservations at discounted rates, uh, as opposed to booking those individual restaurants individually. Uh, separately, and these, this is there is no doubt in my mind the value of the restaurant packages really make a difference. If you're saying to yourself, "Look, I'm going on, you know, whatever ship I'm going on, and there's two or three or four restaurants I really want to try because I've read a lot about them, I've heard Matt talk about it. There's, you know, I, I'm just in the mood for sushi, steak, and Mexican, so I want to try all these restaurants. You know, definitely book a restaurant package. Uh, they are absolutely going to save you money. Of course, the 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 trade off with the dining packages is. You have to wait to book on board the ship your actual reservation. So you lose a little bit of, of, of options. But again, this goes back to something I talked about earlier, which is flexibility. In addition, by booking that specialty restaurant package, you'll buy it before the cruise. At least you should be doing that. And that will allow you to also get the option to pay for it when you book it, which again spreads out the total cost of the cruise. For me, I can have a larger cruise budget if I'm only paying a certain amount of money every month rather than getting hit with that you know, big bill at the end of the cruise. So, again, being able to pre-purchase is really a big name of the game, uh, no question about it. Now, speaking of specialty dining, you may forego dining packages. You may forego making reservations. You're going to go with the Jeanette idea. I like that. Also, keep in mind, though, there may be some specials on board the ship. I remember I was on Rhapsody of the Seas, and I told my wife, I said, we're not going to do any specialty dining. We're just going to do main dining room. We don't need to do it. You know, there's nothing here I haven't done before, and we don't need to spend the money. We'll save it for another cruise, right? Great idea, Matt. Well, on board the sailing, we were in the Windermere one day, and there was a there was a waiter from Chops walking around offering a deal. And I said, I would love to hear about this deal. Because, look, I wouldn't mind eating at Chops, but it's got to be for a uh, special and cer- certainly they came over and I, th- I believe the deal was something like half off and a free bottle of champagne. So I was like, all right, well, sign me up for that one. So again, if you can look for restaurant specials on board, that's really nice. Now, a, a lot of these other tips we're talking about on board, on board your cruise are really about ways to, again, save money compared to paying full price. This is the old example of like, you know, you don't go to, you know, a department store and buy the item you first see when you walk in. That's me full price, no discount, right? What do you do instead? You walk to the back, you look for the discount rack stuff, right? This is kind of what we're talking about when it comes to cruising as well. So let's talk about the spa. You want to have a massage? Sure. There's some two really good strategies for getting a massage or a treatment on your cruise. Number one, if you want to do it on a Royal Caribbean ship, book it during port days. You'll find less cost on port days. You can buy it before the cruise, and that'll allow you to prepay it, but there will be specials on board your ship offered as well. The specials on board tend to be 
like combo deals, like a face, 20 minute facial, 20 minute back massage and 20 minutes, something else, as opposed to online where you'll see just like, you know, a Swedish massage, a bamboo massage, a facial. Um, and you'll see different prices depending on the day. I would tell you that the, the, I feel like the, the port day specials you'll see on board your ship are often at a better deal, but again, you're getting those like kind of mini treatments, uh, package deals, combos, uh, than anything else. So it depends what you're looking for. But a really good alternative for the spa, if you're looking to still get your your, your treatments in, is to do it on land. Odds are you're going to be visiting some ports on your cruise. In fact, you're going to be visiting at least one. And on land, you're going to oftentimes find better deals for spas, uh, treatments. There's going to be maybe a spa at the beach you're going to. There's spas in the cities you're visiting. And this allows you, in my experience, better pricing when it comes to these kind of treatments options. So Keep that in mind when you're looking for them. Um, it's, you know, obviously what you're interested in, what port you're visiting, and a variety of other factors will, will you know, all play a part in the total price you're paying. But I would say it's very rare that the port, that the prices you pay for a spa treatment in port will ever be higher or even the same prices on board the ship. Oftentimes, it's at a fraction of the cost of on board the ship. So look for that. Uh, as well. Now, speaking of on on shore, shore excursions. If there's one thing that goes hand in hand with a Royal Caribbean cruise, it is what to do on when you're in the ver- various ports you're visiting. And you don't have to go. You know, it's not to say you have to stay on board the ship. You can still do fun things on shore. But I would definitely recommend looking and doing things on your own. In a lot of ports, you can simply just walk off the ship and explore. Just walk around and kind of see what's around you. You know, you don't have to have necessarily a firm plan in place. This is great for places like Cozumel. Nassau, and even St. Thomas, where, you know, you can you can just walk off the ship, maybe take a taxi into town in some cases, and then just, you know, meander, walk around, see what there is to offer, you know, window shop, have a nice lunch in town. You can do these kinds of things. But even if you want to do a shore excursion on your own, again, third-party excursions tend to be cheaper. It's not always the case. And there's always, of course, a, a bit of a trade-off with doing your own, your own excursion on your own. Of course, there's some things that Royal Caribbean excursions give you in terms of guarantees and whatnot consider both of them but don't be afraid to simply wander around a walkable port and you know checking out what's to see a lot of these cases we're talking about cities we're talking about you know there's street entertainment there's going to be plenty of things to do and a lot of times it will be for a lot cheaper or at least you can manage your budget as you as you go so that's definitely a, a big one right there if you're looking to get uh, we talked about the dining packages, but if you're looking for internet packages, or if you want to use the internet where you want to drink a fair amount, I do recommend buying a drink package or an internet package, assuming you were going to get it anyway, and assuming you're going to take advantage of it, obviously. So, like, you know, if, you, if you're going to be online every day, if you're, if you're a geek like myself and you need to be connected, need is in air quotes, I don't have to, but I certainly enjoy being connected all the time. Well, then getting an internet package is the way to go, and pre-purchasing it before your cruise via the Royal Caribbean Cruise Planner, it's, it's going to be cheaper than on board the ship, period. No questions about it. I'm the only exception. I said period, no question about it, and then I'm going to give you an exception. The exception is, of course, if you're in a higher level of uh, Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. But I kind of think that if you're already in that category, this kind of an episode may not be uh, news to you. But anyway, I digress. I want to make sure before I get the nasty gram emails, but there are options. But if you're new to cruising or not that high up in Crown and Anchor Society, definitely pre-purchasing the internet is the way to go. Also with the drink packages, people ask me all the time, Matt, are the drink packages Royal Caribbean offers a good deal? The answer is it is a good deal if you take advantage of it. First and foremost, if you want to buy the drink package, buy it before the cruise. It will be cheaper online than on board the ship. 
that's a that's a definite period end of story. Um, you know, not only that, you get to prepay it. So when you when you're purchasing it online, you'll be charged the amount then, and then you can uh, go from there, and you know, uh, you'll have it ready to go on your cruise, and but not have that bill at the end. Now, I'll also point out, you don't need a drink package. Um, you can certainly go about it without the drink package. There's oftentimes a lot of drink specials on board. You will see, as an example, the casino bar may have you know $2 mimosas or Bloody Marys in the morning. And then there'll be a happy hour special at another bar and different, I, you know, you'll often find you know a couple of different drink specials throughout the cruise that help bring down the total cost. Of course, drinking on shore in the ports you're visiting is even better because you're oftentimes going to find much better prices there. If you have a port intensive itinerary, that's great for bringing down the total cost of your bar bill because in a lot of places you're visiting these ports, you're getting a lot of deals, especially if you can drink local beers and whatnot. You'll find a lot of them. Speaking of drinks, though, you should be aware that you can bring on board your Royal Caribbean ship your own bottles, two bottles of wine per stateroom. So if you're a wine drinker, you may bring up to two bottles of wine per stateroom on board your cruise, pack it in your carry-on luggage, and you're good to go. Also, kind of new as of September of 2018, Royal Caribbean now allows you to bring up to 12 bottles of non-alcoholic beverages with you. So you can bring you know, a couple bottles of water, soda, juice. These are things, you know, like non-alcohol. You still cannot bring beer. You still cannot bring hard liquor with you on board the ship. But wine and or uh, the non-alcoholic beverages that I mentioned, the quantities I mentioned, are what you are allowed to bring. In all cases, whether it's non-alcoholic beverages or wine, it needs to be brought in your carry-on luggage. That means you're carrying it on the ship. You are not putting it in any luggage that you give to the porter. If you do that, you're not going to get your luggage for a while because you never get called down to the naughty room, as they call it. Somebody calls it that. And you have to go claim it because they they see in the x-ray machine there's some sort of liquid in here. It could be alcohol. We don't know because it's an x-ray. So they have to call you down. They have to open it up in front of you. And it's, it's a big hassle. So put in your carry-on luggage. But again, bringing, you know, BYOB is a great way to save money on your cruise fare. Because, you know, if you're the kind of person who needs a Coke or two a day or a couple bottles of water, certainly the wine, I mean, you're going to save a lot of money doing that. I should mention about the wine, there is, technically speaking, a corkage fee assessed by Royal Caribbean. That means they will charge you a corkage fee for opening your wine on board the ship in any restaurant or lounge. I will tell you in my experience, not this will be your experience, so your, your mileage may vary, keep this in mind, I have not been charged, I have yet to be charged with the new policy when the corkage fee came back, any corkage fee. I'm not saying you're not going to. I certainly don't bring it up. I'm not going to be like, hey, excuse me, can you charge me for this? I would certainly be happy to pay for it if they do charge me, but it has never occurred yet. But fair disclosure, technically speaking, you're supposed to be charged it. I feel like it's very hit or miss, so just keep that in mind. But anyway... Regardless, you're going to be, you know, when you're buying your wine at your favorite wine store, you're going to be paying a lot less than if you're paying, you know, retail on a cruise ship for that same bottle of wine. So keep that in mind when you're when you're doing that. But there you go. There are some easy ways to, I feel, bring down total cost of your cruise and cruise on a budget. Keep on a budget. It really is, you know, looking back on it, if you can cruise during the off season, if you can cruise on some of the established ships in the fleet, the Voyager Freedom Radiance class ships. If you can go out of a port that is not as in demand, so a Galveston, a Tampa, a Baltimore, a San Juan, Puerto Rico, these are easy, those are what, three or four easy ways to really save money. I mean, you're just going to automatically bring that price down considerably. And even if you don't, if you can't go during those times of year, or you can't go to those kinds of ports, you know, I get it, then the other option, the best 
uh, strategy you're going to have is to pre-book as early as you can. It may you know, be one of, the, one of the situations, again, where maybe you're paying about what you look to budget or maybe even a little bit more, but you have more time to pay it off. That can make a big difference right there. On last week's episode, I asked you, our Royal Caribbean Blog podcast listeners, to send in your favorite cruise memories of 2018. After all, I shared mine on that episode, and I wanted to hear from you. We got some great options that were sent in as well, so I want to read some of those here. Uh, first of all, our first email is from uh, Chris Epolito. Writes, our favorite cruise memory on a Royal Caribbean ship of 2018 was on Anthem of the Seas, April 6th, when we won another cruise playing bingo. We're selling again on Anthem. February 3rd for 13 days. Can't wait to have our favorite Royal Caribbean memory of 2019 on Anthem or the Seas, or will we? <laughs> Chris, I, if you win a free cruise off the bat, you're pretty much you're, you're winning this competition. I love that. Next, Brian Landstrom wrote, Hey, Matt, uh, 2018 brought me and my family into the cruising world. For several years, I've been wanting to do a cruise and finally had the opportunity. On this cruise, we had my wife and I, five kids, ages 17 to 4, and my parents, my parents had cruised many times and taken their other grandkids on Disney cruises. I have five boys and decided Disney wasn't what we wanted. I wanted to go on the biggest and newest ship out at the time. That brought me to Harmony of the Seas, and now I'm hooked. During, uh, during my research, I found Royal Caribbean blog, and I learned so much. I'm now going on Symphony January 5th, taking four first-time cruisers with me. I want to spread the joy around. Also, have an Alaska cruise book for July of 2019. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but I love cruising. <laughs> Brian, first of all, you're in good company with the uh, spouses that think we're crazy. They are. They all say that, and then they, you know, <laughs> then they're like, oh, that's okay. I, you know, the, the, my husband's crazy, but I also don't mind going on vacation all the time. So that <laughs> that works. And, I, you know, sharing first-time experiences, I think, is such a big part of what makes cruising so special and why I think you're going to find probably a lot of these memories are about first time because it's really what indoctrinates you. It's when you fall in love, you know. it's uh, There's so many songs about, you know, falling in love. It's... Not that there's anything wrong with being in love for 20 years, but, you know, it's like when you first get it, it's like, ah, oh, wow, a whole new world. You know, like, that's what it's... Anyway, I digress. That's that's what it's all about. So thank you for that email. Next, we have another 2018 cruise memory from Brian Cardi, who writes, My favorite cruise memory of 2018 is the Royal Caribbean's President's Cruise on Harmony of the Seas, being reunited with friends from past group cruises from multiple groups, and making even more new friends. Being able to see Billy Ocean and Michael Bolton with those friends made everything all the more special. What a great cruise opportunity. And I'll tell you, Brian, I agree about cruising with friends. It is what makes cruising so much fun, especially even today. I mean, I've cruised a fair amount of times, you know, and people often ask, well, aren't you kind of sick of it? I mean, how many times can you go to Cozumel? And there's a there's some truth to that in the sense that how many times can you go to Cozumel? I still have to find the answer to that question. But the point is, when you're cruising with friends, it adds a totally different dimension to it. And quite frankly, it's it's amazing. I really do enjoy it. Next, we have an email from Tim and Chrissy from Marshallville, Ohio. My best cruise memory of 2018 would be meeting fellow cruisers on our Southern Caribbean cruise in 2018. Thanks to Cruise Critic, we found three other couples that lived within 30 minutes of our house. We were able to meet up with them pre-cruise a couple times and now several times post-cruise. We did excursions together in St. Thomas, Curacao, and St. Kitts. We'll hang out by the pool on sea days and enjoy shows together. Making new cruise friends made a great cruise an unforgettable cruise. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to repeat that last line. Because that's Tim and Christy nailed exactly what I was trying to talk about before. Making new cruise friends made a great cruise an unforgettable cruise. 100% agree. That's why it's so much fun. So if you're looking at cruising and you're kind of looking at yourself like, well, you know, we've done that. We've been there. We've been on that ship before. Bring a friend. It totally changes it all up completely and adds so much to it. So 
definitely a great memory. Thank you, Tim, for for sharing that with us. Uh, next, we have a memory from Brian from Michigan. My highlight of 2018 was our family's return to Royal Caribbean after nearly a 15-year absence. My wife and I became engaged on Sovereign of the Seas in 2002. In the subsequent years, we meandered vacation options and cruise lines, Disney, Carnival, Norwegian, but returned to the Royal Caribbean family for spring break 2018 and had an amazing time on Freedom of the Seas. The trip was during the NCAA Basketball Final Four, and over a quarter of the ship was from Michigan. We commandeered the pool deck for the semifinal and final games, and the cruise director had to reschedule existing events due to the massive crowds watching the games. A favorite podcast tip from you and other listeners was booking a room for the parents and a connecting stateroom for the kids. It was actually cheaper than having all four of us in one room. Our experience was sublime, and our cruising life will never be the same. Brian, that is awesome. By the way, great tip right there along the lines of our topic earlier about budgeting. Two rooms might be cheaper than, than one room, believe it or not. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for the email there. I'm glad to hear that you had an awesome time and your, retur- your triumphant return to Royal Caribbean. And our next email is from Liz, a.k.a. Baked Alaska, who writes, Matt, we have not even taken our first Royal Caribbean cruise, but we already have many favorite Royal Cruise moments. How can this be? As you may remember, we are former Disney Cruise Line cruisers with three DCL cruises under our belts. The method DCL uses for its cruisers to reserve shore excursions, spa, dining, and other reservations is their loyalty program, the Castaway Club. For their highest tier in the Castaway Club, the booking window to make these reservations doesn't open until 120 days prior to embarkation, 75 days for new DCL cruisers, and somewhere in between those numbers for everyone else. That's crazy! On Royal Caribbean, as soon as the cruise planner populates any cruiser with a deposit, can reserve anything all the time. Case in point, in our upcoming July 2019 Alaska cruise on Radiance of the Seas. We placed our deposit on this cruise back in April 2018. As soon as our deposit hit the Royal Caribbean system, we were reserving shore excursions, dining, spa, and on-ship entertainment, in our case, a whopping 455 days before embarkation. As a former DCL cruiser who saw many hopes dashed for fishing excursions, beach cabanas, and other excursions and onboard activities, I absolutely love that we can plan, replan, and plan again our upcoming cruises. Besides DCL being an overpriced buffet of offerings that most DCL cruisers don't use, all-inclusive ain't free folks, the fact that we can't book anything until around 90 days prior to embarkation stinks. With Royal Caribbean, we love, love, love to explore, book, cancel, rebook, rinse, and repeat on the cruise planner. So our favorite 2018 cruise memory for Royal Caribbean is the cruise plan- is the cruise planner. Love your podcast and all the best in 2019 to you, your family, and your listeners. Liz, that is amazing, and what a great memory, because of course, you know, to Liz's point, she didn't actually go on a cruise, she, she, (laughs) this was a memory of something that hasn't happened yet, but she's already excited for it, I love hearing that. Here's our next email, and it is from Hayden and Celia, who writes, listening to this latest show from the Solarium Onboard Celebrity Edge, not quite Royal Caribbean ship, but close. Our main highlight for a Royal Caribbean ship was taking a cruise from Southampton, so the first time we could drive to the port rather than a flight. This year was also our first trip to St. Martin, probably now our favorite Caribbean island. This was our first celebrity cruise, and has probably pushed us more towards Royal Caribbean, as there seems to be less to do on the edge than either of the Royal Caribbeans we had been on, which include Harmony and Indy. Although, Edge is a gorgeous ship, but not the most practical setup. Lack of bars inside the ship, as an example. We had already booked Alaska for next year on Ovation, so looking forward to a new class of ship for us. Love that. And you know what? It's good to mix and match and compare and contrast. Nothing wrong with that by any means. Um... 
Next, we have an email from Steve Rowe from Brisbane, Australia. I'm writing you from Explorer this season on the last day of an 11-night Southern Pacific cruise out of Sydney. While spending Christmas on a cruise was certainly the highlight of the year, my real highlight was enjoying our first ever back-to-back cruise earlier in April 2018 aboard Adventure of the Seas out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. My wife and I love the feeling of staying on board after uh, after the first cruise while everyone else get off. Perhaps the best highlight of the back-to-back Southern Caribbean itineraries was the ability to spend our tourist dollars to help stimulate the economies of some of the worst-hit areas from the 2017 hurricanes. Even though we live so far away in Australia, it felt good to make a small contribution to helping the locals in St. Martin and San Juan get back on their feet. Wow, Steve, great email, great memory right there. Uh, you, you, I think you've nailed it in both cases. And as someone who did their first back-to-back cruise as well this year, I agree, it is really fun being those people who kind of like, <laughs> we get to stay on board. It's it's a guilty pleasure, but there you go. And our last email is from Tony and Jeannie, who writes, 2018 was a year of first for us, Matt. Number one, first selling from Venice on Rhapsody, first transatlantic selling on Symphony. First Royal Caribbean blog Thanksgiving group cruise on Symphony. Sailing in and out of Venice is a sight to behold. And since they are banning cruise ships from the canal area in 2020, there won't be much time to enjoy the view. A transatlantic sailing really gave you time to get to know and enjoy any ship. And ah, what fond memories of a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. We met so many new people and made so many new friends. We're looking forward to 2019. We have eight cruises planned, including the New Year's Eve Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Freedom of the Seas. Can't wait. Thanks for being the best cruise blogger. Guys, thank you so much for the email. And I look, anytime you, you include a group cruise, yes, it's a shameless plug, but it's absolutely true. It's really a big deal in that regard. And I'll tell you, it is a highlight for me every single time. And I've shared the story before, but I'll share it again. Every time I go on a cruise, no matter which cruise it is, my daughter will always ask me, Daddy, is this a group cruise? Because she knows that if it's a group cruise, we've got some really fun things planned and our friends are going to be there and she gets to meet new friends that are also on board. Like that, she's already figured that part out. And so that's, you know, what we've already known and it, it's incredible. So I, I got to thank you guys for these wonderful memories. Really do appreciate it. If you didn't get a chance to email me your uh, your best 2018 cruise memories, please go to our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com and post your favorite cruise memories in our comments there. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.